the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello Roomies, Roomie Roomie Roomies, welcome back. Welcome back to Scene... Twenty. Oh my gosh! Ooh, we are but in our twenties. We literally are. We're in our twenties. <gasps> Go us! Go Yay. us! Living this most amazing independent life. Time flies <laughs> when you're having fun. How yeah. are you, Chels? What's what's new? What's the goss? What's new? Well, uni's into full swing, and it's. I'm going to be honest. It's really stressful right now. Yeah, everything's piling right now, and I feel like I don't have any days off. This is the day I have. This is my day off, and I love mm. it. Like, I enjoy being here, but, like, I, there's no days off when you're no at uni. Off. Hate it. No rest for the wicked. Yeah, but it, it should be fine soon. In a couple of weeks, we should be fine. We should be fine. This is fine. I believe in you. Yeah. What about, what about you? How's your life going? Good. I'm on placement. Oh, I have, that's right. have not slept in a very long time. <laughs> what what is sleep, by the way? Honestly. <laughs> word of advice for anyone studying teaching, mm-hmm. take time off work while you're on placement. Take time off. Save up before you go. Take time off work. I've had friends that have done that, decided to do that. They've saved up as much as they could. And then, well, obviously, because their placement is so far away, they actually mm. have to move. <gasps> but, yeah, they've had to take time off work. And they said that it's it's good. It's good. One last thing, because you, you're already, you know, doing your placement, marking, lesson planning, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But then doing assignments, because mm-hmm. uni, uni does not prioritise mm-hmm. the well-being of their students. Controversial, but true. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Um, and then doing work on top of it. Mm. A bit challenging. Yeah. Well, I hope you I hope you get some sleep. Thanks, Dal. You too. I hope we all get some sleep, really. <laughs> Pray for the Rubies to get some rest in 2021. Yeah. Now, just a question. Oh. Oh. You you do do you do dance? Do you dance? I dance. Dance do you, or dance? Do you, I dance. Dance? Dance. Do you say dance or dance? Dance. See, that's fine. Mm. That's fine. But yeah, what's your what's your favorite dance style? Or like your favourite kind of rhythm. Or to perform or choreograph? You can go either. Oh, snap. Well, we'll say, we'll say choreograph. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I've, st- I've stitched myself up. Um, maybe. See, it's tricky. Hmm. Hmm. What's the first one that comes hmm. to your mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is musical theatre, but then that ends up being all genres at one point. What's your favourite then? Look, if I had to, if I had to go home today, choreograph something tonight, I don't know if this is just because I've got my boot heels on, but I'm feeling a bit like some heels, mm. like some, maybe some showgirl. But that's cool. But normally I do. Well, I think because because Firebringer was a very contemporary, like earth inspired show, mm-hmm. and that's the only full musical I've done. This is a hard question, Tells, but why yeah. do you ask? Well. Our guest today is a performer, a dance performer, and a choreographer. I literally love getting dancers on the show. Dancers are just, mm. they have that sparkle, you know. I just, I just adore dancers. Yeah. Today we have a guest resident of the one and only Australasian Dance Collective. It's Melanie Lane. Woo! Now, with a wealth of experience in choreography and dance performance, we are so excited to see what her and the company are going to be bringing to the stage. 
just a little bit of a heads up. The next two episodes with our guests has had a bit of a little bit of a technical issue. We might sound a little bit tinny later on, but the interview today is really, really delightful and special. We'll All be right. back. We're back to our usual programming as soon as we can be. Thank you, roomies. Roomies, please welcome Melanie Lane. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a bit of a, um, what do you call it? And a different environment that we're in at the moment. <laughs> it feels like we're in a rocket yeah. ship. <laughs> it's very weird. I love it. has been a journey to it, get here. Yes, it has. So <laughs> let's head straight into it. You've got three coming up at QPAC in May. Can you give us a bit yeah. of a rundown on what that's about? Yeah, so three is the title of a work, which is uh, a triple bill. Um, so it's three different works, one um, from myself called Alterum, um, another work from um, Jack Lister called Still Life, who's also a member of um, Australasian Dance Collective, and a third work by Hofesh Shester, um, who's an Israeli choreographer based in the UK. Um, and his work is called Cult. So yeah, it's just um, three works for the for the collective, which is of six dancers, and they're performing in all of these three works. It should be a really exciting evening of very diverse um, dance, contemporary dance. Nice. Yeah. What is it? Because it's with the Australasian Dance Collective. What is it like working with them? Oh, it's been wonderful. It's been a really interesting journey. And obviously with um, the very strange year that we've had um, over the last year, it has been a long journey because we were supposed to um, premiere this work last year in April. And of course that had to be postponed. So I actually started working with the collective in 2019, in late 2019 for this season. Um, and, you know, it's taken almost two years to get to this point of actually being able to share the work so it's gone on quite a journey and um it actually quite an unusual journey because of the duration um in which the work's been created it's had a lot of changes in dances so different dances have sort of been in the process and then left and and new dances have come into the process so in that way it's been really really interesting and that has its challenges but it also has you know a lot of beautiful contributions from so many different artists so yeah it's been really it's been really fun really generous and then obviously having this very long break of over a year it was really interesting to sort of have that time to reflect on it and come back to it again yeah after a big break well needed break for all that work that you've done <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, yeah. It's a. It was sort of a strange time for everybody, I think. But um, in many ways, it it kind of gave space to to reflect and take time to really kind of soak in the the creation and something that I suppose we often don't have that opportunity for because we're always sort of pushed for deadlines, in a way, and you're sort of in the thick of it. Um, so yeah, it's been a really interesting way to to create work, and I'm super excited to um. To share it soon because it was such a, a drawn out process to get from start to now is is there anything mm. that's changed along the way that normally wouldn't have happened without that luxury of time absolutely yeah i think you know like i mentioned earlier there was so i started in 2019 with a cast of dancers that uh i think maybe two of them are in the cast now the other four sort of changed multiple times. So, um, you know, I always love the collaboration with 
with dancers and they contribute so much their own sort of individual voices to the language of the work and the ideas of the work. So there's been a lot of voices that have contributed to this work and it's changed because of that over time, which has been really beautiful. So I actually feel really lucky that so many um, dance artists have been a part of this work. It's not only just been the, the six cast members, but all the previous dancers that have been part of the creation before that. I think there's been at least four four other performers that have been part of the work. So yeah, it has sort of shifted and changed through the collaborative process, I suppose, with each of those different dance artists. And you can see you can see the history of all the other dancers that have um, you know, contributed their language inside of the work. So I kind of really love that. It feels like there's sort of ghosts, a lot of ghosts of other dancers in the work which is quite fitting because the work is quite um yeah it, it really talks about the supernatural body so a ghostly presence is quite is quite good australasian dance collective invites choreographers to come and create work with the collective yeah and i'm one of those guest artists it's a real sort of privilege to be able to to go there and work with the beautiful dancers and alongside two other really amazing choreographers so yeah, it's really quite exciting. They're also a very, you know, new collective. When when I worked with them, it was really in the beginnings of their of their time in the company. So it's an exciting time, I think. Yeah, and you've also worked with Sydney Dance Company and Chunky Move as well. So what's it been like going from dance company to dance company and having to adjust their creative practice? I would say or their artistic vision. Really, did you have to um, adapt to it? I think, you know, what you adapt to with different companies are the people that you're working with. I think Chunky Move and Sydney Dance Company, they've likewise with the Australasian Dance Collective, they've all been really so supportive to have as much artistic and creative freedom as possible in, in creating work with them. So in that way, um, there hasn't been, you know, a shift in trying to adjust to a, to a company model or structure. It's more just... Um, getting to know the people that you're working with in each of those different spaces. And, and that's what really influences, I suppose, a creative process and that, you know, the differences between those places are, are really about the people. Speaking of creative process, what does yours look like? Is, is there a formula or is it more organic? I think it really depends on the project, but I, I always love to get to know the dancers. And so it, that, that means that I often do a lot of improvisation. Um, in the beginning stages. So I, I usually come, uh, when I start a project, I come with a, a concept, I suppose you could call it. And I often share a lot of imagery, um, some texts, some, some videos, some YouTube links as much. I sort of saturate the artists with, with imagery and um, references. And so that sort of sets up a little bit of a, um, sets up a little bit of a pool of pool of image to work with and then and then we start to improvise around those ideas and then we start to that manif manifests in in choreographic language and then we start to really um, compose compose from there so yeah a lot of improvisation a lot of sort of getting to know each dancer and and how they like to move and and what their sort of personalities or what their imagination manifests and then we really collaborate together to start generating material and how would you like audiences to be impacted by your inventive style of dance or your practice itself? 
Uh, well, this work, Alterum, is is really. I was really fascinated with the supernatural world, and I'm still quite quite addicted to to that universe. And I, I think there's something about being transported to another universe that is, yeah, it's, it's something that's always existed in in history, like you know, um, supernatural mythologies, ancient mythologies, up to now. We have, you know, all the sort of science fiction, film, and TV that I think humans have always been drawn towards. Um, so I, I feel like, yeah, in this work, it definitely goes into that realm. And I, and I hope that audiences are able to sort of follow that journey and, and dream and, and go into this quite fantastical universe as a way to, to look back at ourselves, actually. Because I think a lot of those um, supernatural narratives, stories and mythologies, they're all stories that actually look at pushing beyond the limits of our own bodies and reality in a way to tell stories about ourselves in the end. So there's something about that that I, I think is really interesting and choreography is a great, is a great um, language to express that, I think, because it's about the body. And dance is such a fantastic storytelling mechanism for this, this content area. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, um, when you think about mythologies around supernatural um, bodies, there's always there's a lot of hybrid bodies. You know, for example, there's the minotaur or the or the mermaid or you know all these sort of half human, half animal figures. And the same in science fiction, you know, how you have these sort of alien bodies that that have supernatural powers. And there's a, it's very it's very much about the body, you know. And dance is all about the body, so it sort of goes hand in hand. It's sort of yeah, it makes a lot of sense to explore that world in a way. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed that with the, with the, with the collective sort of dreaming into that world and how can we make choreography around going beyond the limits of ourselves or our, our physical limits, I suppose. You've had quite a bit of it, like experience in the dance world. So what would be your one key advice or the golden nugget really to emerging dancers or those who would like to create work as well in the dance world what would the the golden nugget be golden nugget gosh well you know i think uh dance is such a vast spectrum of what it can be and i think what i love about it is this is is being able to really go into this world of imagination and you know we can often get caught up in the technique of it um and the structures of it but i think in the end the body is such a great vessel for um, experiencing or making things come to life through imagination. So I think there's something about that, like really letting yourself go into the most wildest sort of dreams that you could do with your body. I think that's what really takes you to another to another place in dance. And that's what I love to, to see as well when I go and see a dance show. I love to see how far we can dip into other worlds through the body. I think that's the whole purpose of why we create. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, and, and dance has that, that really unique and special language that is beyond words. It's beyond, you know, um, the language that we know um, that we've been taught. So it can speak about so much more that we, we aren't able to articulate through words, I suppose. Have you always been a dancer? Did you start really young? I did, yeah. I, I just, I, I suppose I have one of those very um, 
common stories of starting ballet, you know, when I was a kid and then loving it. I was actually just, I always wanted to be a ballet dancer, but my body changed <laughs> and it was very clear in my teenage years that, um, that that wouldn't be a realistic trajectory for me. So, but then I, I was really in love. I was actually at a very young age, really in love with choreographing and, and also, you know, then went to WAPA and did a lot of contemporary training and sort of shifted, shifted my journey in that way. Yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, it's always been there. Yeah. It's always been what I've done. <laughs> You're kind of doing like your, what do you call it, daily task and you start busting out a move when you're doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny actually. I'm, I'm one of those people that I don't like, I suppose there's always that thing where if you go to a party or, you know, I don't go to clubs anymore at my age, but when I did, <laughs> people would always sort of expect you to be that the dancer, you know, they'd go, oh, come on, you're, you're a dancer, show us your moves kind of thing. <laughs> I've always been the kind of person that actually, you know, if I'm if I'm not in the studio, if I'm not working during the day, I'm actually taking, you know, a holiday mm -hmm. uh, when I go when I go out. So I was, you know, when I used to go to parties and clubs like that, I used to actually enjoy much more being a, an observer and seeing other people perform and dance. So yeah, it's funny how you kind of switch between between being a dancer and a and just a normal human a normal human so being true. it's like a, it's like a yeah. dual identity almost yeah yeah i get i get that too and they'll be like oh can you do a high kick and you're like not right now yeah yeah do you have I'm 15 minutes for me to stretch yeah exactly we um we wanted to know like over the the covid era did you mm -hmm. get up to anything creative did you start anything or did you keep your skills sharp in another way? Yeah, it was an interesting time, actually. I had obviously a lot of projects that were uh, postponed or cancelled, and I was actually midway through a creation in Norway. Wow. And then I, I had to um, obviously go. I have another home in the UK, so I was actually stuck over in the UK for most of COVID. And that project in Norway, it was we decided to actually transform that into a digital work. Um, so I worked with the dancers remotely um, between the UK and Norway, and we created a series of um, films actually, which they filmed all on their phones. And I edited together with a, a filmmaker and it became quite, quite an abstract sort of, yeah, dance film slash video artwork i would say so we kind of yeah that was that was a big project that i continued during COVID, and i was also teaching a lot online which was interesting because i was teaching from the uk with australian um dancers so it was 2 a.m in the uk and 10 a.m in australia <laughs> so that was an interesting interesting endeavor and then yeah a lot of a lot of sort of research i was doing during that time as well that that you often don't get that space and time to really focus on. So, um, yeah, but to be honest, I really enjoyed having a bit of time off, you know, mm. a bit of time to reflect and 
um, a bit of time just to to rest because I think you know as an independent artist you're always very much um, in the hustle you're applying for grants you're um, looking for ways to survive really and that takes up a lot of energy and a lot of um, investment so having some time actually to slow down was was really valuable did you learn any new things along like throughout the peak of COVID as well you know, you're always learning new things. Even when you're in the in in full working mode, you're always learning as you go. So, I mean, yeah, during COVID for sure, learning a lot about um, how to slow down and how to be okay with that, and and finding ways in which you can continue to sort of sustain a practice, but also be okay with with having a bit of space. It also gave gave me a lot of time to kind of think about the systems that are already in place around being an independent artist and a lot of conversations and meetings with the community uh, around that. So that was really a valuable time to, to make changes uh, and to advocate for, for more support, I suppose, for the independent uh, artistic community. Mm. That was a really, yeah, really important time, actually. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things as artists have realized as well especially for independent artists you're constantly on the go you you there's no such thing as a time off really so it was kind of a moment to really reflect and say hang on my mental health is more important as well yeah yeah that's right and I think you know as an independent artist it's it's hard to slow down because you're so used to um feeling as though you have to keep on going in order to keep on working you know, there's no there's no time to just sort of um, take a break. Otherwise, uh, you you can't survive. So yeah, there's sort of there's a lot to think about. I think in general, uh, looking into the future, how how we can find better systems to support independent artists through um, through this current sort of terrain of arts funding and and things like that. Um, yeah. Now, do you have too tough time? Yes. <laughs> so they've written a game. I've looked at okay. it and I think this is going to be way too easy for you. <laughs> a game. I'm okay. excited. I didn't know we were going to play a game. So we're going to give you a dance. I don't know what the general word is. Maybe like a dance move, a dance step. Yeah. And then you tell us what genre it's from. I, fu- I oh fully think this is going to be a cake oh yeah. <laughs> I might be really bad at, might be really bad at this, but well, like, okay. I, th- I, th- I think you'll kill it. I think a lot of them, there's there's a few ballroom ones in there. Oh my God, so no, we'll I'm going to fail. We'll, we'll, see. we'll see how we go. Because even though, okay. they, yeah. Do you know yeah. the first okay. one? I do. Yeah, yes. the first one. Number one, Fuete. <laughs> oh, that's the ballet. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I just looked and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's an iconic move. Iconic. All so right. painful if you like doing it on point. I, I could never get it on point. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I know a bit of dance and whatnot, but I've ne- I'm not particularly aware of ballet. So what is it? It's the turn when you keep turning with your leg. Whip, 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 whip. On oh. one leg. You turn on one leg and it's very famous in Swan Lake. The, the ah. um, Odette, the main ballerina, does 32 fuetes in a row. So oh. It's... Um, yeah. Oh. Make a moment. Not leg work. Yeah. yeah. Do, I can do about yeah. three and then time for a rest. 
40 minute break. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So we'll do another one. Number two. Botafogo. Botafogo. Wow, what is that? I've never heard of that. It sounds um it sounds like it could be sort of have some Latin influence. Not sure. I go got a pass. I don't know. What is it? Samba. Samba. Yeah. Oh, Pri- there you go. Priya Latin flavor. Oh, sorry. Priya Arad is a big fan of Strictly Come Dancing. So they're all like. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, we've got the sirens in the background. Okay, they've gone. They're gone. <laughs> it's not for us. <laughs> Number three, the slip jig. The slip jig? Yeah. These are really outrageous names. Yeah. I mean, if I imagine what a slip jig would look like, it feels like sort of like a slide and then a little jig. Like maybe ballroom? I'm going to guess that one. Ballroom? No, it's an Irish dance. Oh, wrong. Yeah, of course, a jig. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, should we go with the next one, which is Drunken Sailor? Okay, um, Drunken Sailor, I mean, that sounds like, obviously, a sort of, like, sailor dance. I don't know. That's no what idea. I thought. That's Picture what I like thought it would. They've, been, they've been out and then they come back into town and they put on a dance for everyone back in the, the days of World mm-hmm. War Two-ish, probably. Mm. And they come back in town. Literally, the only advice the hint I would give is from Greece, it would be born to hand. <laughs> that's that too one. big a hint yeah i don't even know no. it's not giving me anything <laughs> really okay. okay it's the jive oh, oh the jive okay interesting yeah i wouldn't have i wouldn't have picked that is that, is that out there should we do one more yeah i'm yeah. the last one do the last one buffalo step buffalo step no idea buffalo step buffalo step no, I don't know. That's just, I can't I can't find a relationship. <laughs> what is it? But this is quite it? it's interesting though. You'd think it's something well the first thing that comes to my head is Texas. But it's no it's nowhere near it though from looking at it. It's nowhere near it. But it's... I, and what is that um what is a uh what is that? Line dancing? Is it line is dance? It, it's time. Oh, right. Okay. I wonder if it's like a, something that we call it here and then in like it's another different. place it's called that. Yeah. We'll have to look it up. I've never that heard Buffalo Step. Like, mm. you know, buffaloes uh, have those big hoofs and they're probably, you know, think <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Got, some, got some interesting ones here. Yeah. We'll just go to the club and like, I'm going to do a slip jig on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, you can start to bring them to life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I told you you learn something new every day, so. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so yeah. where, where can people follow you and your fabulous creative journey? I'm, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on, uh, I have a website, which is melanielane.info. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Instagram, which uh, my Instagram handle is M-E-L-A-H-H-N-E-E. Melanie. Lovely. Awesome. Um, yeah, people yeah but you can also um, go to Australasian Dance Collective's um, Instagram and, and they have all the info for the shows that are coming up, which opens on the 26th of May until the 29th at the Playhouse. 
Um, and also, yeah, I've got I've got that workshop as well that is on, I think it's the 15th of May on a Saturday. So if you've got any dancers listening, come along to that. It should be really fun. Definitely. Um, we'll have some dancers yeah. listening to the podcast, which will be really cool. Exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're down to our final cue. This is the yep. this is the big boy we always ask our guests <laughs> at the end of the podcast episode. Yeah. Because because we're a playhouse like the home of theatre and you've yeah. worked, you know, interstate, international, local, we wanted to know what feels like home for you. <laughs> That's a good question. Um yeah, as a as a freelancer, I feel very transient and, and still do. So um Home for me is really, I think, um, community, the artistic communities that I that I have the honour of being a part of, and and I have a you know really strong community in Melbourne, really strong community in Berlin, in Germany, where I lived for a very long time. Um, so I'd call, yeah, I would call that home. Um, those people that sort of surround you and support you through life. Oh my gosh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us and sorry about all those tech qualms. Mm. (laughs) I hope, um, yeah, I hope it all is okay. Yes. And it's lovely to chat to you both. I hope um, I see you at the show. Definitely, yes. Where's you? It's at QPAC in May and it's called Three. Called Three, easy to remember. Easy to remember. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on to the episode and yeah, all the best for your future creative journey. Thank you so much. Likewise. And um, see you soon. Well, so if you want to see Melanie and the Australasian Dance Collective in action, 3 is premiering at QPAC's Playhouse. Not our one. Not our Playhouse. (laughs) Well, the Playhouse is H-A-U-S. I was going to say H-A-U-S-E. H-A-U-S-E. But no, literally, 3 is premiering at QPAC's Playhouse on the 26th to the 29th of May. That's so soon. That's so right, soon. Right around the corner. For our next Playhouse pick, we are zooting. I like that term. Zooting. We are zooting over from QPAC's Playhouse to Brisbane Arts Theatre's Our House. In the middle of... No, we're just going to... Our house. When young Camden lad Joe arrives at a crossroads on his 16th birthday, the ghost of his father allows the two alternatives to play out. Through the music of madness, this unique musical explores themes of love, growing up, responsibility, and dealing with the loss of people that shape our lives. Our house runs from the 29th of May to the 24th of July. That's a good run! That's a really good run! Oh my god, two months! Good for them! Good on you! You know what? Support the arts, go and see a show, everyone. Support the arts! You've got two whole months to see it, no excuses. I would love to see all these shows, but my birthday's on the 29th, and everything's on the 29th. Everything's on the 29th. Girl, it's almost Gemini season, it is right around the corner. Woohoo! Now, (laughs) (laughs) off to the Goldies, home of the arts, now, with a very hard-hitting show, Void. Presented by Wild Dreamer Productions shows the crushing impact of child abduction on a mother and a father. They attempt to deal with their sorrow in separate monologues in a park where the crime occurred. Now, while their pain is palpable, there is also an element of acceptance of the tragedy as they hesitantly try to come to terms with their loss. Now, this intense production runs for one weekend only on the 3rd to the 5th of June. 
our final Playhouse pick of the week is the iconic tale of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but not as you know it. Presented by a slightly isolated dog. That's the theatre company's name. Oh! Not natural spotlight. Uh, dog. dog. <laughs> Good name though. Shout out to them. Very creative. I love that. Fre funky fresh and all, all, all that jazz. Five hilarious performers tell the story of Jekyll and Hyde in an 80-minute absurd, joyous, theatrical, reverent performance, mixing with a bit of sketch comedy, music gig, physical theatre, bit of wordplay. There's a bit of everything in here. It's a whole buffet of options. There's also some cheeky audience interaction, but we're assured that it's all completely designed to make you, the audience, feel comfy. Comfy, comfy, comfy. Jekyll and Hyde can be caught at the Brisbane Powerhouse from the 2nd to the 6th of June, and then she's moving on up to Toowoomba one night only Ooh. on the 12th of June. Ooh, they're doing a bit of cheeky touring. I love that for them. We love touring. Share that story. Now, if you do want to um, know all this information and whatnot, head over to our show notes. It is all there. So do not fret. Do not freak out. Do not have a breakdown and like, oh my God, I did not understand any of that. Yeah. Don't worry, it's in the show notes. <laughs> all good, all good. Honestly, Melanie... She's a star. She she knows what she's doing. And I love hearing from dancers too. Mm. I think it's such an interesting creative perspective because the, bo the body is an instrument. Yeah. Holy moly, you can do so much with it. Especially dancers, they're so flexy. Yes. Uh, you can do so much cool stuff. And like when she's talking about how they've got all these non-human mm. character elements that they're bringing in, I'm fascinated and I'm excited. Yeah. And I, I did like... I did appreciate what she meant by throughout the peak of COVID. It's okay as artists, you know, we're constantly on the go and whatnot. It's okay to take a break and mm. it, it doesn't hurt. Like it's take a moment to reflect on yourself and just be careful to your mental health as well, because it does play a big part in your career, which I thought that was really interesting of what she pointed out. One hundo. Yeah. One hundo. So, if you want to follow Theatre House and our podcast on Facebook, make sure you head over and give us a little like. We update feeds frequently with a bunch of new theatre info, and it's a great way to stay connected to what's happening, really. So, just search for Theatre House or Playhouse Podcast in the Facebook search bar. Everyone uses Facebook, though, so it's pretty easy. So, thank you for listening. Many we'll thanks. we'll see you next week. Are we going to give a hint, or are we just going to leave them in the air? Should we? Oh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Should we? Oh, well, should should we try? Should we try to do it? We'll try to do it. Try to do it. Yeah. I'm Bryant, my best. Oh, I love the puns. Hopefully that was a good hint. But yeah, thank you so much, Roomies, and we'll see you again for the next episode. Bye, Bye. Roomies. Hi, I'm Fearful Jesuit, host of The Paranoid Strain, a show that explains conspiracy theories to normal people. Every episode is carefully researched, fully scripted, and incorporates interviews, audio clips, original music, and a bunch of nonsense to explain the history, impact, and bizarre beliefs related to one conspiracy topic at a time. We're doing an extensive series on secret societies, you know, the Knights Templar, the Freemasons, the Illuminati... And we'd love to have you along for the ride. New episodes drop every two weeks, wherever you get your podcasts.